Hello and welcome to Cloud Control, presented by Spot by NetApp. I'm your host, Sean Harris. On today's episode, we will dive deep into the role FinOps plays in CloudOps. It's a rapidly transforming landscape. FinOps plays a crucial role in driving business, business growth, efficiency, and transparency. To help us navigate this complex topic, we welcome Sarah Gadala, Principal Cloud FinOps Analyst from Atlassian. Sarah is a FinOps Foundation Ambassador for the APAC region, host of the Sydney Cloud FinOps Meetup, and is presenting at FinOpsX 2023 in San Diego on June 28th. She has worked in data analytics for over a decade across various domains, including consulting, business analytics, project management, and team leadership. So buckle up and buckle down as we embark on a conversation about finance, operations, strategy, and growth as we break down silos and help demystify the concept of FinOps as a business practice on this episode of Cloud Control. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thanks, Sean, for having me. Hey, no problem. First, let's talk about your journey into FinOps. How did you get into FinOps? Was it by, was it by chance? It was definitely by coincidence. So um, almost three years ago, I applied in Atlassian in what I thought was a data role. And then during the interview process, I realized it's in FinOps. And I was like, okay, what on earth is FinOps? And then this is when I started reading about FinOps. Uh, of course, um, I read the FinOps book. I got to know a little bit more about the topic and the cloud. And uh, back then, my knowledge of the cloud was not much. But of course, I read the FinOps book. And to my surprise, I ended up working with one of the people that co-authored the FinOps book, Mike Fuller. Uh, he was the principal engineer in the FinOps team in Atlassian. So this is how my journey in Atlassian and FinOps started. And then I got to know more about the practices of FinOps. I joined the FinOps Foundation. I started doing the FinOps practices. Um, and the more I got involved with the day-to-day -day work in the foundation, the more I got into the FinOps and realized it's not only about cost savings, uh, because uh, there is a bit of misconception about FinOps being about cost savings only, but it's just about the discipline and the collaboration between different teams. And this is when I think my background of like either being managing consultant before or working with different teams in marketing and finance play the role because you can speak different languages. You can talk to the engineers, you can talk to marketing, you can talk to finance, you can talk to products team, and you can definitely lead and drive the conversation um, between different teams. And this is what FinOps is about. It's about um, collaboration and taking informed decision on cloud cost optimizations. So this is in a nutshell how my journey started. Um, and then um, probably a year and a half after joining the foundation, I started the FinOps Sydney Meetup, um, which is like a group of practitioners here in Sydney. And also we're doing it remotely. So anyone in across Australia also can be joining the meetup. And then later that year, I was chosen to be ambassador for the foundation for the APAC region. Um, and then we start to do more events here in the APAC because Australia is kind of slightly smaller market. It's still pretty much booming in FinOps, not as big as the United States, of course, but we started, we have our own community here and we're starting more events from the foundation in the APAC region. And yeah, this is my journey in a nutshell. That's fantastic. So I want to dive into some quick questions about FinOps specifically. What is FinOps? How, like when somebody asks you and you explain, I work in FinOps, how do you explain it? Like we went over a high level just now, but how do you explain it to somebody like they're five? So first of all, uh, some people confuse FinOps of being financial operations. It's not. It's actually cloud FinOps. It's kind of, it's almost derived from the terminology of DevOps. 
So it's the cloud financial management. It's the discipline of collaboration between different teams, finance, products, engineering, and the FinOps team to uh, make informed decision about cloud cost optimization. For example, your priority could be, I want to ship this feature as soon as possible. I don't care about the cost right now. My priority is speed to the market. As long as you have this conversation with your finance team, with your products team, with your engineering team, everyone is aware, that's FinOps. Your priority could be, I want to get more for every cloud that I pay, for every dollar that I pay, sorry, in the cloud. Um, And this is what FinOps enables you to do. It enables you not to just, it's not cost cutting, but it enables you to get more for every dollar you pay. So it's more about usage optimizations, rate optimization, having the conversation, collaborate with different teams and get more for every dollar you pay. That's, Hmm. again, FinOps. What was it like coming into an organization like Atlassian that I assume when you joined had some level of FinOps in place already? What's it been like coming in cold from no FinOps background to a company that had it? And how have you grown over the last year and a half that has really changed the way that you guys approach that internally? It was interesting. Like you said, Atlassian already had some FinOps practices, especially with the Mike Fuller already being the principal engineer. But when I joined, I joined also as the first hire in a dedicated team. So three years ago, FinOps was not a standalone function. It was part of cloud engineering. But when I joined, I joined as the first dedicated hire. And now we have a team of 10 people. As everyone knows, Atlassian is an engineering company. We're big on cloud, very big. And this is why the focus on the cloud cost optimization increased massively the last three years. And the work that we produced as a team, so I joined three years ago, afterwards, another data engineer joined and then another FinOps analyst joined. um, And then we start to work together. And the outcome was amazing for Atlassian. The efficiency of the cloud, the conversations we've had, the education and the enablement we gave to the engineers and to the finance team, the impact of the FinOps team was significant. And I think it's the best investment any company could have is to invest in a dedicated FinOps team. So even though I joined with some practices already in place, we kind of took it to the next level. Uh, If anyone is uh, following the FinOps Foundation, they will find a concept called the Crawl, Walk, Run, which kind of explains the FinOps journey. So we pretty much took it to the run phase uh, the last three years, and we're still, it's, uh, it's like we're continuously learning, we're continuously improving. But it's been definitely a fantastic journey. And joining uh, a company like Atlassian, where everything is just about collaboration, it definitely makes my job a lot easier. For sure. You mentioned the crawl, walk, run methodology that the FinOps Foundation really tries to hammer home as part of their certification program. Where were you when you joined? Were you guys crawling? Were you walking? Because you, you mentioned that you've moved to the raw. And what are some of the lessons that you've learned over those three years as your, as your practice has evolved? Sure. So in Atlassian, uh, there is a lot of FinOps capabilities. It wasn't just one. And in some capabilities, Atlassian was already in the walk phase. Some of them, it was in the crawl phase and some of them, it was in the run phase. I would probably say that we have almost all the FinOps capability now heading towards run. Some of them are still in the walk, but we're heading towards run. But this is exactly the whole concept of FinOps that you don't have to be running from the first time. It's, I think it like perfection is the enemy of done. We always start somewhere and we, we take a step back and we do readjustments whenever needed. And this applies to all our FinOps practices. 
So personally for me, when I joined, I was myself in the crawl phase of FinOps. I was learning about cloud. I was learning about FinOps. And now I look back and like my team and I were doing all these amazing things for Atlassian. It was definitely a crawl walk run journey for me as well. There was definitely a lot of challenges and a lot of learnings as well. So in the beginning, when you, especially when you're working with a company that is very innovative, sometimes cloud cost is ignored when teams are focused on development. So getting engineers to action things was one of the main challenges. And I think it's not only in Atlassian, it was a global FinOps challenge. Whenever I was in a FinOps summit or forum, everyone talked about like how hard there is to get engineers to action things. Um, surprisingly, with the change in the world and the macroeconomic conditions, uh, this is no longer a challenge, but there are more new challenges, something like unit economics. How can you define unit economics, which is cost per X? So I think the, the challenges, like everything else around us, is are evolving. But for me, it's about uh, continuous collaboration and education. So mm, I think the main takeaway for me for the last four years is like the collaboration and enabling and educating engineers and putting data in the path of engineers was the main key because you could be talking, but they don't, they cannot really relate till they see the data and like um, having the strong foundation in place, like you're tagging your cost allocation and how you communicate with the engineers, how you share the data, how you collaborate with the finance and engineers, how you bridge the gap of two teams speaking different languages is probably the key learning for me the last three years. You, you mentioned a good point, which leads right into my next question, which is about sharing financial operation information from between teams, right? I can imagine that, and I've seen in my own practice, that sometimes that can be kind of siloed and, wall, and walled off from developers seeing cost data and whatnot. How did you break down those silos and what, what, what positive impacts have you seen as those silos continue to be broken down across the organization? Uh, like any other company, we have teams with different levels of maturity when it comes to cloud cost. So some teams are really on top of their stuff. They know how much their service is costing. They know everything. And some teams are kind of disconnected. So this is when FinOps come in place and try to enable the engineers through education. So first of all, we started to educate engineers bit by bit, either through conversation, collaboration, or even through creating our own FinOps training in Atlassian where we explain to the engineers what we're trying to do and what's the purpose of FinOps and where to find things. And also we have the different practices. So we have our operational rituals for the engineers. This is when we try to integrate a cost module. So engineers can, while they're reviewing their service operational metrics, they review cost as well as an operational metric, which I think this was the main target for us when we first started the FinOps team is that we want engineers to see cost as another operational metric. Everyone knows like operational excellence in cloud, cost is definitely a pillar in this. And having cost as one of your operational metric is a must. And this is, this is I would probably say, the culture change that we needed to drive with the engineers, that it's not only about reliability, it's not only about quality, it's not only about security, but it's also about cost optimizations and how we can make sure you're monitoring your service in an optimized way. Again, it's not about cost cutting, it's just about unit economics and how we can optimize and get more uh, for your service and reviewing cost as it's one of the efficiency metric you need to optimize. That's a great point. Security becomes more and more apparent as companies grow or more of a, or more of a need, I guess is the way that I'd word that as companies grow. 
How does data security and security practices come into play in FinOps? Because I think we don't talk about that enough. When we talk about FinOps as a concept, we don't talk about the data security aspect of it and the importance that security plays. So how does FinOps take security into play? FinOps actually do care about security a lot uh, because when you look at it, FinOps, the main foundation of FinOps is like cost allocation and tagging and knowing exactly like how your resources are allocated, who owns them, who runs them, how they're being accessed. And also it's about the cost of every resource you have in the cloud. So I don't see the two concepts contradicting in any ways. Like I see that FinOps kind of feed into the whole concept of security through tagging and making sure that your resources are tagged, you have tagging standards, you have everything in place. But yeah, I I think they're pretty much aligned when it comes to FinOps and security. With one of the presentations that you gave that I watched when we were prepping for, when I was prepping for this interview was you talked about cloud spend anomaly detection. What does that look like at a company like Atlassian where you have almost 9,000 employees? How does cloud spend anomaly detection scale? Uh, that's a good question. So um, for us, it's it's about detecting like the unusual cost spikes, which could be for different reasons. So it could be just a normal growth uh, or a new service starting or it could be manage what we call manage cost spike, which is um, just a team doing some sort of activity, ha- maybe handling like a, an issue or a bug or something. Or it could be that something unplanned happened that the teams are not aware of. And the first step of cost anomaly detection is just trying to understand which category this cost spike is in. And it could be cost decrease, by the way. It could be that something went wrong and your cost suddenly went down for some, like, for example, an outage in the cloud provider. So just about understanding which category the cost anomaly is. The one we care about the most is the one that is unplanned. And in some of the cases, the teams were not aware of, like it could be a bugger issue that the team was not aware of. And it's very important that, first of all, we make sure they are aware of the cost increase and taking steps to rectify it and also have the conversation because it's extremely important to involve the finance about any cost spikes or any expected increase in cost. This is, again, the conversation and discipline of FinOps is to involve all the parties, engineering products and finance. So for us, if it's a planned activity, that's fine. We just make sure like we kind of give the alerts to the team and we kind of ask them from their inputs. And if they're aware of it, it's like planned work. It's absolutely fine. If it's, for example, a new service spinning up and this is why it had a huge cost spike, again, it's fine. The one that we care about the most is just make sure that it's not one of the unmanaged cost spikes that teams were not aware of or were not across due to bug. And like how we can take steps to rectify it and time to handle this cost spike. One thing I get asked a lot when people ask me about FinOps and implementing it, because you look at it and from at, at a first glance, it seems like it can be kind of overwhelming. But what benefits has Atlassian found as you guys have gone further in your journey? Like you've saved money, you've, you've, you've optimized your resources, you've optimized your deployments. How do you quantify that data to management to show, hey, this is really worth having a team of 10 people and it, there's a lot of work that goes into it? Because a lot of the stuff that we do in DevOps and CloudOps and even FinOps sometimes goes under the radar and it doesn't really get seen. But So how have you guys figured out how to quantify that? towards your management to show the value? I would probably say that we're one of the lucky teams that are able to easily show um, and put a dollar value to the work that we're doing, which is very challenging usually in engineering work to put a dollar value. Unless you're a product team, uh, it's extremely hard, but luckily for us, it was easy because we simply show a lot of the activities that we do. 
So we can show our usage optimizations, which is how we provide architecture recommendations and the, the before and after and the impact of this. So for example, your cost before the usage optimization could be, for the sake of example, 100K. And after the usage optimizations you've done, it became 50K. So this is when you show the value. Same for the rate optimizations, which is um, rate optimization is about paying less for the same usage. So it's like all the managing all your reserved instance fleet, et cetera. This is again where we drive and own things. And it's extremely easy for us to show um, our efficiency in the rate optimization. So we have two main metrics, usage optimizations and rate efficiency, and we put a dollar value to it. And it wasn't easy to show the management that we can have an efficiency up to 10, 20x ROI, return on investment. Um, this is why we're saying that investing in a dedicated cloud FinOps team is definitely one of the best investments you can ever have. Um, and luckily, we have the support of our executives. So our CTO and also our CFO are very supportive of having FinOps team because they know and they realize the value of having a dedicated FinOps team and the importance of this. It's not only, again, about um, cost savings or cost optimizations, but it's also about uh, the whole cloud efficiency where cost plays an in pillar in the cloud efficiency. Atlassian being a big company and a big name in the engineering practices definitely cares so much about efficiency um, from engineering perspective. Mm -hmm. Was it hard for, get, for developers and um, engineers to buy into the FinOps? Like, did you have to sell it hard? Did you have to corral people together to kind of get them on board? Or did it naturally kind of happen as you guys were implementing your program? To be honest, uh, when we first started the FinOps um, team, it was a bit challenging for some teams. Like I said, there was different level of maturity across the organization. Some people really cared about cost optimization, really cared about cost as a metric. Uh, some teams didn't really because the culture was um, innovate and innovation is the first thing. And usually when you talk about innovation, you ignore the cost sometimes during development. So um, I think it was about the culture change that we had to drive and just to tell the engineers and enable them and kind of convey the information that we're not here to cut costs. We're not here to tell you stop doing this or that. We just give practices and guidelines to the engineers and give recommendation. And it's it's a FinOps concept that everyone should take ownership of their cloud usage. So we're not here to turn things off or to action things on behalf of engineers or tell them what to do. We're here to provide the best practices, to provide information, to provide data, enable engineers to take informed decisions on what they want to do. And this is a key thing just enabling the engineers, not dictating, but more of collaborating with the engineers on, on like cost optimization decisions based on data. And this is when the FinOps comes into play because it bridges the gap between the finance and kind of translating how the engineers think to the finance and vice versa, how the finance think to the engineers and how they can view their services and their operational metrics differently. And it, it was a long journey of like educating, either, like I said, through trainings, um, through personal conversations, through some of the sessions, uh, operational rituals, where we included cost modules already. And I, I think the culture shift in Atlas in the last two years has been massive. Now, a lot of teams come to us, they, they initiate things, they initiate co cost optimizations, they come and we celebrate actually any cost optimization initiatives that the team has done, either from architecture perspective or turning stuff off that they don't need. The fact that they've, they have the conversation, they come and talk to us, this is FinOps. And this is where exactly we wanted to be three years ago. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, it definitely wasn't an easy start, I would say. 
But uh, like I said, it's crawl, walk, run. You start somewhere and things will come to you and you make readjustments when you can. And it's about collaboration, not dictating. See, and you make a great point. And you use two words that I really love, collaboration and empowering, especially when you talk about the engineering resources that go into the cloud. Has Atlassian noticed a difference in how those engineers spin up and allocate resources as part of their development work? Like, do you find that they're using smaller machines that are more in line with what they actually need as opposed to spinning up the biggest, most powerful virtual machines they need or the most amount of containers? In a way, yes. I wouldn't actually micromanage the engineers to that level of like you're spinning up resources that you don't need. But I will give them the data that they would need to take the decision, to take an informed decision. So, for example, Hmm. uh, if someone already spent the resource and this resource is not fully utilized, I have reports that show me the low utilization resources and I can put it in front of the engineers and say, just be mindful. This report is not, uh, sorry, this resource is not fully utilized. And maybe you can right size it. You can maybe downscale it to the right size. And again, it's a recommendation, but I don't tell them what to do. Just again, it's about providing best practices and empowering them with data so they can take the right decision themselves. Or it could be very much the case that someone spent a 24XL instance, for example, but they actually need it. In that case, it won't appear in my report and I don't have to say anything about it. And it could be that the, their priority is I want to ship this feature as soon as possible, or I want this performance to be extremely good for the customers. It's one of the features that cannot afford latency or slow performance. And this is all justified. So again, we don't want to remove the innovation and the ability to serve our customers right from the engineers, but we want to enable them and empower them with data so they can take the decision themselves and be very conscious about cloud cost optimization. And just ask the question of like, do I really need it? And I think also one of the aspects is our lesson is very big on sustainability as well. And when we talk about FinOps, we always talk that FinOps and sustainability go hands in hand. So um, mm-hmm. it's we also like we're very conscious when it comes to the environment. And it's one of the things we're lucky to have in Atlassian, the awareness of environment and sustainability. So it's always, again, one more time, do I really need to do this? Do I really need to spin up a resource that I'm, I'm not yeah. going to be using fully? Um, so yeah, it's, it's about empowering the, the engineers with data so they can take their own decisions when it comes to cloud cost optimization. See, and I love that because so many jobs and roles that I've had in DevOps and SRE, cost has been the biggest factor, right? And I think anybody listening to us today is going to come back and say, man, my CFO really hammered me because I spent 20% more on my AWS bill and or my cloud bill. And I think that the way that you approach it is really unique and really cool. And I think we can all learn from data-driven decisions being the way that we implement FinOps. I think that's really, I think that's really cool. What tools do you use? Um, there are a lot of tools out there that do FinOps. I'm curious what an organization starts with and what you've pivoted to as part of your cloud journey. What, what's worked and what hasn't and how have you replaced it? Or do you use Homebrew tools? Uh, good question. So we, when I first came, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to mention names, but we had a tool for reporting mm. our cloud cost. Uh, and then we built our own capabilities as like we built our own pipelines on the cloud bill. We do extract the cloud bill and we build our we built our own stack of reports and dashboards. Um, and then eventually we decommissioned the tool. We no longer need it. Uh, and of course, in terms of the internal tools for collaboration, I mean, I mean Atlassian. Atlassian is all about collaboration. So we use our internal tools as well. But in terms of the clouds, we do use our own capabilities, including either 
pipelines or tools we built ourselves or the capabilities of the analysts and the engineers and the team to have conversation and build training materials. So for example, the training materials, we created the training materials, we did the training videos ourselves. Um, same for the data pipeline, same for the dashboards and tools. And the FinOps practices of usage optimization and rate optimization, it's managed through the internal team. And I think we're doing a fantastic job. Um, like when I look at the benchmark of the industry, we're doing a really good job when it comes to both rate optimization and usage optimization using our own um, resources like the the people that we have in the team, which is probably our biggest asset. That's fantastic. And I love that you guys use a lot of homebrew tools, right? That you've kind of customized different tools and stacks. Do you watch at build time or at deploy time and watch the whole life cycle of your cloud resources, or do they kind of pick up somewhere after the deployment? Kind of walk us through where you start watching. Are you watching from the beginning to the end, or are you kind of jumping in and just monitoring? Uh, no, we have a very structured process when it comes to um, like the cloud cost. So, for example, we, like I said before, we don't micromanage the teams in terms of when they deploy things. But um, mm-hmm. everyone in Atlassian is allowed to deploy stuff in cloud, but we have different environments, either dev staging or prod. But it's about um, having a structure. Um, so, for example, you could um, every department or division could have a specific uh, budget, and this is probably one of the things I'll talk about in FinOps X in San Diego this June, um, the cloud cost budget. So they do have a specific budget. So it's about um, like they have a specific budget that they discuss with their finance business partners as well. So it's about um, okay, this is your budget at the beginning of the quarter uh, based on the inputs you gave me as an engineering team. So it could be that the engineering manager of this team is like, you know what, I'm deploying new feature, I'm I'm doing new service. This quarter, I'm going to need more money, and they can be assigned a bigger budget, whatever. It's, again, it's the conversation that they have with the finance team. And uh, back to your comment when you said that someone says, oh, I spent 20% extra this year on the cloud and my CFO grilled me for it. Well, it's about the question of, do you spend 20% extra? How much did you get in return? And this is, again, back to unit economics, which should be an important metrics for all teams. Uh, you can spend $1 million, but if you're going to get $2 million in return, definitely the $1 million is worth spending. But if you spend $1 million and you got nothing in return, this is when your CFO starts wondering, what are you doing? Um, so it's not only about spending money, but it's also about, like I said, unit economics, which is could be cost per X, depending on what the team is looking for. If the team is selling ice creams, it could be cost per ice cream sold. If your cost per ice cream sold is $5, your CFO might tell you, I want this cost per X to be two. Or you know what? Five is really good. It could be 10, but you're doing a really good job. And this is what teams need to work towards optimizing. Um, so for us, again, it's about um, having the conversation and the structure. So you have a specific budget or you have unit economics you need to optimize towards. Whatever that you do will, will help you monitor your cost and how you're tracking versus your budget and your unit economics through the quota. So you can always kind of check basically how you're doing. I don't care if you spend 10 instances of 24XL because you need to, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but eventually um, you're accountable for your cloud cost usage and you're accountable for your budget and you have enough tools and data to help you track how you're spending your money and the unit economics and how you're spending the budget. Um, and also we provide you with recommendations if you need to, if you want to optimize even further. I've had teams coming to me and saying, how can I optimize my, uh, service cost. I need some tips and some recommendations. 
on how to make my my service more cost efficient and this is when we have the conversation we look into the we look into the architecture we look into reserved instances for example the possibility of purchasing reserved instances um, so we have the conversations with the team so it's your responsibility to optimize your service cost as long as you have enough tools and you have enough data and you have the capabilities to to take the decision. This is why FinOps is about empowering engineers, like I said, with the data. I keep on repeating it because it's extremely crucial and important. If they don't have the data, if they don't have the awareness and the visibility, there is no way they can take the decision or be accountable for it. You cannot ask engineers to be accountable if they cannot see what they're accountable for. Um, so it's like this is how basically we're structured in Atlassian. We're very much into innovation and not kind of um, dictating things on engineers. But we give them the tools and the capabilities and the visibility to to um, take that informed decision. And when you're listening to Cloud Control, I'm your host, Sean Harris, and we're talking to Sarah Gadala, Principal Cl- Cloud FinOps Analyst from Atlassian, about all things FinOps today. You, you keep hammering home the data-driven decision-making, and I think that that's something that we all need to hear, is that you have to have the data to make it. And without calling out specific services or specific service names from whoever, what has been the hardest part of FinOps to get that data from? Like what aspect of the, of your cloud environments has been the hardest to wrap your head around the data that's coming in and, and begin to optimize it? Uh, I would, I would probably say tagging is the challenge. And I think most of the companies would agree with me because tagging is the way that I see tagging. It's the foundation for cost allocation. You cannot have proper cost allocation. You cannot put data in front of engineers. You cannot even have proper data to put in front of engineers if your tagging is not good enough. And the problem with tagging that it's free text. You can have someone putting avocado in the tag while you need them to put an actual value. Um, so I probably say tagging and tagging hygienes are extremely crucial, and it's almost impossible, almost impossible to enforce tagging on engineers, no matter what you do. Uh, we've had a lot of practices, and we, like I said, our cloud journey has been has been going for like years. So I think we're pretty mature when it comes to our tagging and cost allocation. Again, I'll be speaking about this in FinOps X; it's part of my talk. But generally, it's uh, the tagging because tagging is the foundation for cost allocation and cost allocation is what you need to put data in front of engineers. I cannot tell you that engineer X has spent $100 on your service unless I have proper tags that would tell me this um, resource is uh, tagged to this service and it's tagged to this username. So I would be able to say, okay, this is how much your service is costing. If you don't have your tagging in place, there is no way you can know how much your services are costing there is no way to know how much each um, probably individual in your organization is um, like owns resource with, like how much they're running. You, you, basically, you're running blind on cloud cost. Um, so tagging is extremely crucial for this. It's probably the most challenging part in the, I would say, the cost allocation journey and the whole thing of like putting data in the path of engineers. I would say managing tags is probably the hardest part of be, of working in the cloud, right? Because typos and capitalization and differences between providers on how they implement tag. I feel like at some point we're going to have to come up with a unified standard to help companies who want to adopt FinOps take on tagging because it can be such a challenge if you don't know what you're looking for. Because for so long we've used it just to name resources and give us a pretty name in the console as opposed to using it for data-driven reporting. 
as we wind up here, because I don't want to keep you too much longer, I realize it's early where you over on the other side of the pond and you've got a whole day ahead of you. And what are some trends in 2023 and beyond that you see with FinOps either coming up on the horizon or things that we should be watching for? Uh, I think unit economics is the first one, uh, because with the current macroeconomic conditions, um, unit economics will become a thing. Uh, CFOs will definitely pay a lot of attention to how their products and product gross margin are tracking. Um, it's definitely going to be a hot topic. Everyone in the community is talking about this. Um, so I think this is the first one that comes into my mind. Uh, again, given the current macroeconomic conditions. Um, so how efficient are your products, your product gross margin? Um, how you're optimizing these? This is definitely the topic for 2023 and beyond. Does FinOps have to take a part in how companies price out their services? And like, do you, at Atlassian, do you guys take that into account? Like, how does FinOps play into how we price one of our products, right? You guys have a whole portfolio of products. How does FinOps fit into the pricing structure? Like, without giving anything away, I'm looking for a 5,000 foot overview of how you guys use that data that you get from FinOps to help with that pricing and setting that unit cost. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, so unit economic is about cost per X. So it depends on what you're selling. Let's say you're selling, I don't want to do the ice cream thing again. Um, let's say you're doing um, monthly active users. Um, so what's the cost per mile, monthly active user? And this, you cannot know the cost per mile until you have two things, your cost and your monthly active users. If you don't have your cost, which is FinOps, you wouldn't know your cost per mile. And this is the metric you need to optimize towards for your product gross margin. Um, it could be cost per, like I said, cost per X, anything. Depends on your product, what your product is. You can customize your own um, unit economics. And this is why we have different unit economics for teams in Atlassian, depends on the product. Uh, but without FinOps, you wouldn't be able to have a clear metric to optimize towards. And like I said, if you're, if you're spending 20% more on your cloud versus last year, is that good or bad? It depends on the context of your unit economic. This would be good or bad. Um, and what your what what's your goal? Like what 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 are you optimizing towards in a way? Um, so this when it gives a context to spending more on cloud, am I spending more and getting more in return, or am I spending more and getting nothing? And what do I need to pay attention to? Is it the pricing of my products, or is it my cloud cost that is going through the roof because I don't have someone managing my cloud cost? No, and that's great. So wrapping up. One of the things I like to do on cloud control is I like to get to know the people behind the cloud, right? I think that sometimes cloud engineers get overlooked. Um, we get seen for our technical abilities, but I like to know about the people that I work with and interact with. How did you get into tech? What's your journey been like? Like, you, I realize that you're new to FinOps, but have, did you have a technical background coming in? And kind of walk us through that. Sure. So yes, I do have a technical background. I I have a degree in computer science from Cairo University. I'm uh, born and bred Egyptian. I spent six years um, in Egypt working in the biggest telecom operator in the Middle East. Uh, again, I'm not going to mention names. Um, so it's like this is when I think started my journey with technical teams. But also, luckily, I was in a function. Uh, like I said, I started my journey with data. Back in the days in 2008, that was called business intelligence. So I was leading, um, I, I started as an analyst and then I got promoted senior analyst and then ended up leading a team of six people. 
where I was working closely with the marketing team in this telecom operator. And it was extremely dynamic market. Like I think um, like this telecom operator had 45 million customers. Um, and the CEO strategy at a point in time was if the competitor launches a tariff a plan, next day we respond. And this is how dynamic it was. Um, so I had a lot of interactions with marketing teams, with engineers, with people from technical and also program managers, uh, project managers. And this is where I kind of shaped my skills of collaborating with different teams. And then afterwards, again, I, I continued working in Dara, but I moved to Dubai and worked in uh, probably their biggest inline in United Arab Emirates um, for a year and a half working in, as a technical BA. Again, I was in this space where I'm dealing with um, business users, like business stakeholders, and also doing hands-on uh, technical work and working with the IT team. Uh, back then, they kind of started from scratch. They were kind of building their own data capabilities and data warehousing. They had some legacy systems business was reporting from, and this is when we started their whole data warehouse and having repository data center. And then I moved to Australia seven years ago, and I worked as a managing consultant in one of the big four companies, again, in the data analytics space. This is, again, working project management, program management, um, technical business analysis, um, working with uh, business stakeholders and also um, IT teams, leading IT teams for delivery. It was um, such an amazing experience, I think, especially with like moving countries, moving continents. I work with people from different backgrounds and cultures, and this shaped up my ability to communicate with different people. Um, and then afterwards, I joined an online retail in Australia for a year and a half, leading a team of data scientists. Um, and then three years ago, I joined Atlassian as a senior FinOps analyst and um, my journey started with FinOps, but it's always because the I probably say the common thing in my journey or the common two things is like data and collaboration. It's like if I'm going to sum up my whole journey uh, from the very beginning, it's like the ability to be hands-on with data, understand the data and understand how to display data for different stakeholders and also collaboration between different teams, the ability to uh, bridge the gap and connect with different teams from different backgrounds, either technical, non-technical. This is probably my journey in a nutshell. That's awesome. As a leader in the FinOps space, right, a relatively new vertical inside of the tech industry, what tips would you give for those who specifically want to work in FinOps? What, what, what skills should they work on refining and what kind of education should they get? Uh, I would probably advise them to join the FinOps Foundation. This is when they have the support of the community. We have an amazing Slack community. Uh, we have uh, resources on the website. We, um, we have summits. We have uh, webinars. We have the FinOps book. Of course, they can always um, read the FinOps book. But it's an amazing community support, and it's free for practitioners. Anyone can join. That's the first thing. And this is how it personally developed my own skills when I first. So I started by reading the book. I knew more about the FinOps and about the cloud. And then as the more that I got involved with the foundation, the more I learned. And of course, doing hands-on. Uh, personally, I learned by doing. So um, you, get, you get to know the theoretical experience from the book, but also you practice it. But it depends which part of the FinOps you want to work with, because FinOps can be, there is data engineers that work in FinOps. There is um, uh, cloud engineers or software engineers that work in FinOps. There is analysts that work in FinOps and being a FinOps analyst. Um, there are product owners that like have FinOps as a product. So it depends which area, but in all of them, I think uh, connecting with the foundation, reading the book, uh, getting certified as a FinOps practitioner is definitely a must. And it's a, it's a crawl, walk, run journey. Just always have this in mind. You're not going to start Big Bang. It's going to be crawl, walk, run journey in your knowledge. Like you said, it's it's a pretty 
I probably say new space for some people. A lot of people getting into FinOps is getting a lot of attention these days, which is awesome. But uh, the community support from the foundation um, and also uh, your your learning journey and taking things one step at a time is extremely important. That's awesome. What kind of tech do you like to play with outside of work? Like, what do you like to tinker with in your spare time when you have when you're not presenting at FinOpsX or doing FinOps work? What do you like to tinker on? Uh, so for me, I'm a cyclist. I like cycling outdoors, and uh, I'm fortunate enough to live in Australia, where there is a lot of outdoor activities and beautiful nature. Um, I also um, like traveling a lot. Uh, I don't take days off and just stay at home. I like traveling, especially like globally, um, and also like reading. I probably say non-technical because I spend enough time during my uh, my work and non-work hours on technical discussions. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like my three favorite hobbies: this, like the cycling, traveling, and reading. That's fantastic, and I I love all of that. And you're lucky that you get to live in Australia. It's one of my bucket list places that I want to go just because I I scuba dive as part of my thing, and when I'm outside of work, and I've always wanted to scuba dive Australia. I think that's awesome. Uh, I was lucky enough to also be Egyptian, so I'll probably advise you to go to Egypt because we have amazing scuba diving <laughs> spots in Egypt. Someday, when I have all the time, when I have all the time and all the money in the world, I or I can figure out how to do DevRel remotely, I'm going to figure this out because that would be so much fun. For sure. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and talk to you. Any parting thoughts that you want to give us or talk, or do you want to give us a preview of your talk that you're going to be giving at FinOpsX in next month? Or, sure. Yeah, this next month. So um, in next month, I'll be presenting actually with what I say, my partner in crime, Teresa Mead. She's the manager of infrastructure in our finance team. So we will both be talking about uh, cloud budget process in Atlassian. We'll be telling our stories of uh, how things started in Atlassian, how we evolved over time, and sharing best practices, uh, what we've done, and how we got the change in culture, um, how, like I said, we took a step back and we readjusted a few things, and showing that FinOps is not about cost savings, but it's about uh, the collaboration and how we collaborate as FinOps and finance in Atlassian. Um, Like I said, we've been lucky enough to be working in Atlassian where collaboration is the main thing, and we'll be presenting how both teams collaborate, which is something I would probably say not every company enjoys. Um, So yeah, looking forward to the talk and uh, presenting with Teresa. Yeah, I think that's going to be awesome. And something that I think every aspect of the FinOps practice needs to hear from the technical to the to the finance to the just the operations on how to communicate a little bit better and make our cloud operations a little bit better. Thank you, Saraf, for joining us on this episode of Cloud Control. It's been a blast. I hope you have fun at FinOpsX, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sean, and thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Saraf, for joining us on this episode. It's been very insightful to have you. You can find Sarah speaking at FinOpsX in San Diego on June 28th. I should point out that Spot by NetApp is proud to be a gold sponsor of FinOpsX. And you can visit our booth in the vendor hall where you can talk with our FinOps experts and learn from the over 110 experts presenting at the show. You can learn more and buy your tickets by visiting httpsx.finops.org to see a schedule of the speakers, topics, and learn more about the role of FinOps plays in modern organizations from across a wide spectrum of industries and verticals. I'm your host, Sean Harris. This has been Cloud Control. Remember, you can give us feedback on our episodes by commenting and liking on this post, following me on Twitter at Inked Tater, I-N-K-E-D-T-A-T-E-R, 
or dropping an email to cloudcontrolpodcast at protonmail.com. And until next time, we'll see you in the cloud. <laughs>